0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening
1: to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carl Footy Club. It's Rory Sloane here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where we're counting down who at least I think. And the most relevant players to discuss and to consider across Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy for your 2022 season. Joining me on this podcast as we talk about a very interesting player. Jacob Hopper is who's on the list today at number 38. I got jordox back, mate. Hello, how are you? Great, right, MJ. Good to be on again and looking forward
0: to having a yarn about the new tiger.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting one that was almost a cat, but he graduated up a rug to being a tiger uh, in terms of the feline family. Maybe not so much in premiership success for 2022. Not not um, on the ladder. The cat no, fans will be well, shouting no, at you. No, no yeah. not just yet. Anyway, he's the 25 years of age hopper. So right in his prime. And he is a midfield eligible option for us last year. Not a great year for him. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But his top score in AFL fantasy came against the Western Bulldogs last year. Pretty low in comparison to what he's been, an 83. While in Supercoach, it was a 95. These do very much fall right back from what he historically has been to us. A 133 against the Gold Coast Suns back in 2021 is his career-high AFL Fantasy score, while it's a 137 against the team he now plays for, Richmond, in Supercoach in 2021. His average last year in AFL Fantasy means he's priced at a 66.1 average, but not really. We'll talk about his pricing in that format in a second. And then in Supercoach, a 67 is what he's priced at. He has, in some of these formats, got incredible value real tin. And in others, nice tasty slice of value. In Supercoach, he's 332,000. I didn't stutter. Three hundred and thirty-two thousand in AFL fantasy, he's priced off a seven hundred and sixteen thousand. That's actually um, that average where he's now got his pricing discount is based off the higher of his two most recent seasons, which is as per AF's guideline. So that'll be off his twenty twenty one data, which we'll talk about in a sec. While in DT, he's priced a little bit cheaper for us in five hundred and forty thousand four hundred dollars. And it was a pretty interesting year. Jordox for him wasn't it started looking promising goes down with a significant knee injury in round one we don't see him again to round 18 then all through september and october the talk is he's heading down the cattery he's heading down the cattery he's heading down the cattery and then in a period of what felt like 48 hours he meets with the tigers commits to the tigers and by the end of the trade period this inside bull is now at punt road
0: and to yeah, highlight how good a trade period it was for Richmond, he wasn't even the most high-profile, exciting <laughs> player that joined the Tigers. Uh, and I feel like we'll be chatting about him later in the 50 in Toronto. But, um, no, he had, he had a bad year, Hopper. And, and, you know, it was the last thing Leon Cameron needed in what mm. was going to be his last season, uh, to lose a player like Hopper in round one to a serious knee injury, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great year, but look, the year he had and, of course, the change of club is why we find ourselves talking about him because he's got the value that you talked about, not so much in uh, AF because, like you said, that discount's based on a, a decent year. But in the other two, sub-coach and dream team, he's very relevant because we have a very good idea of what his role is going to be. Yep. We've seen him score fairly well in the past Agree. and the price is going to be right. So it'll be about whether you can trust his body. And when a player has a year where they're injured for most of the year, it does start to trigger in our mind, Oh, he's injury prone. Oh, his body's not right. And I'm guilty of that. And then when researching our chat today, I saw that before 2022, he's actually been fairly resolute and his body has held up apart from yeah. his earlier years. So His career hasn't been affected by injuries like I kind of thought it had been. It's one bad year. He's had a new club with a great role and the price is right. So I think I'm pretty bullish on him this
1: year. Yeah, and I think you should be too. Sometimes when we don't see a player uh, for a long period of time, whether that be because of injury, which you alluded to already, or because of form and being played in an interesting role, which if you look at the centre bounce attendances, for all of GWS last year under McVeigh and under Cameron, but certainly for Hopper at that back handful of games for the year, there's some weird volatility that was going on there from only 30% of CBAs in some of the games and then right up into the high, 60 plus percent. Part of that's easing him in and part of that's also GWS feeling their way through a whole bunch of different things. But when a player has those kind of seasons, we forget just How good of a footballer, let alone from a fantasy perspective, what they can actually be. Back in 2021, he ranked fourth in the AFL for total stoppages, uh, clearances, and ninth for total clearances in the entire league. While in 2019, the season that his former club, the Giants, lost that grand final to the Tigers... That year, he finished sixth in the league for total stoppage clearances and eighth for total contested possessions. So if there is a footy to be won, if there is some pressure that is hitting and there is a ball on the line, Hopper is elite at being a clean and clear one-touch footballer. Through the game, if we dive in very briefly, just to look at the fantasy numbers of last year, more just to remind us of that value that Jordox has already talked about. Last year, he averaged a 66 in AFL fantasy and Dream Team, with just the two scores over 80 and a top score of 88. Equally as underwhelming in SuperCoach, the average of 67, two 90 plus scores, and a season high of 97. But if we were to look at what he did from 2019 to 2021. This is exactly why Jordox is talking about. Across formats, the price is right for us to seriously look at him. In 2019, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he averaged 93.5, nine tons, and he dipped his score below 75 just twice. That same season in Supercoach, 95.7 average, seven tons, and just the one under 75. In 2020, he averages a 70.4. If you want to play the adjusted averages game, knowing that we lost some of the game time played due to the shortened quarters of the 2020 carnival season, that's an adjusted average up using the algorithm of an 88. So really solid as well. Super coach, he averages 91 and five tons. While in 2021, in Fantasy and Dream Team, that 88 average, we see it pop up again. Seven tons, and here's some ceiling for you a 126 and a 133. So he's not just a nice 90s guy. He can pop a score for you. And Supercoach, he averaged a career high 96.7 and that year featured 11 tons and four additional scores, 89 plus. That value is undeniable for us, isn't it, Jordax? He's priced at about an average of 80 and in Supercoach and Dream Team, he's around about a 60. So depending on the format, you've got 30 to 35 points per game up to 15 points per game of value and across all formats, value is the name of the game for a lot of what we're trying to do in our starting squads.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on it earlier about, you know, the end of 2022 when he did come back and you mentioned, like you don't want to look at those scores and and the way he played there and think that's what I'm getting. You really want to look from, yeah, 2021 and, and earlier Because when he came back last year, it was about easing them in. GWS were in full experimental mode. They had an interim coach. And, yeah, I don't know what he was doing exactly role-wise, but you touched on some of the CBA numbers. But in terms of, you know, his career, and, and when I look at picking a Jacob Hopper in any of my teams this year, you know, I'm not looking at him thinking, oh, yeah, I can get a keeper. A, yeah, a long-term definitely. player who's going to go 105 at this incredible price. If you if that's what you think when you're going into this, you you set yourself up for disappointment. I'm yeah. not saying it won't happen. It could happen at Richmond, but historically Absolutely. his best has been in a, a nine, you know early 90s. But what you're getting is the aim of the game is to make money, to make money to build the rest of your squad. A stepping stone is, is another term mm. for it. And AF, I could, I, I'm i not as on it in AF because that average of 80 that he's priced at, you know, yeah, you could grow 10 points from that. But when you look at the other options in that area, as an example for an extra 30 or 40K is, is a Tom Green who's at the Giants who I can actually see going to a 105. Maybe not this year, but I see his ceiling and, and his future more than I do Hopper. Um, but the price of Dream Team and Super Coach is is the main appeal, and if he just scores eighty five, you know, 80s. <laughs> it's Dream still twenty five points in making, a game of value.
1: Yeah, you're making think, your money,
0: and then and then you get out in the buyers and turn him into one of the absolute top dogs.
1: Well, I think I think you're certainly on the money on a lot of that. Man, you're right. That round fifteen buy for Richmond is hugely important for Hopper. It gives you the ability to make him one of your first upgrades, to max him out uh, early, or it gives you the opportunity, opportunity to strategically go, now I've got a guy who's got 90s within him and won 20 games occasionally he could pop. I'm going to run him right to the buy, And then at the buy it's the oh, I haven't got Rory Led yet and he's killing me. I'm jumping on. The dependence, the dependability of, of Clayton Oliver I'm on, or whoever that hot streak midfielder is that people are trying to jump on. You've got the ability. He he gets you there. So it's a, a beautiful opportunity with that buy. Um, You talked about the value in the formats. In contrast, in Supercoach, he's at 130000 more than Will Ashcroft, our most expensive cash cow. So sometimes at this time of the year in January, we overthink so much in the game. We build narratives that aren't there, both for the better and the worse, around certain players. And the reality is, You've got a guy who in Supercoach who's got three seasons of 90 plus at 100,000 more than a cash cow. Like what else do you actually need from a stepping stone guy at that price point? He's proven it's not just forecast. He's done it. It's not just projected. So in Supercoach for me, if we're, you know, we'll break down the format. So then I want to talk about his role at Richmond and, and that surge team in a sec. If you're playing supercoach, I think you're overcomplicating it if you're talking yourself out of him. The only narrative of why I could see you're not doing it is I don't want a stepping stone in my midfielder. I'm just going guns and rooks. Um, and my response to that would be no problem, but chase the mm. value where it is, not fall in love with your structure. If you're a slave to a structure and not trying to find where the value is best for your team, then I think that that's the wrong approach. But, I, but I'd understand and I'd empathise with that. Dream Team, similar. If you're in the market for a stepping stone, hop is an option. And AF, um, I, I agree to, to an extent. There's, there's obviously less value that's sitting there, but depending on where he's positioned in your midfield, a, a 15 points per game upside with the potential of getting on a hot stretch based on that early Richmond fixture could be enough for certain sides. Now, some might go, no, I want... I want an Andy Brayshaw, I want a Clayton Oliver, I I want a Rory Led or a Jack Steele or a McRae, I want a Parrish, I want a Pelly I, I want three of these guys, and then I'll go a little lower to the Warples and Sheeds and the Ashcrofts and the Phillips, and all of a sudden, they might not find a way to structure him in. I'm okay with that. Um, but but definitely he's he's in the mix. And and you're right, there are other names around there too. Tom Green's a great example that people consider. Um uh, let's talk about that Richmond game style. He's in that midfield. I I, I don't see any other world, Jordan Ox, where he's not clearance, center bounce, contested midfielder. Do you see any other world that is outside of that? No, look,
0: I, I don't know Jacob Hopper, the player as well as maybe some others. Uh, part of that is, you know, he's been missing for a year. Part of that is he plays for a state side, but, and and the fact that he's never really been overly relevant in fantasy. So I'll be honest, I don't know what other tricks he has. Um, other he's than got
1: none. Clearance. I'll and, tell you right there, in, he's uh, got none.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> he he um, is a
1: clearance bull. That's what he is. He, and,
0: and and you know they do have Prestia there. Um, they do. You know, I feel like they're pretty similar, but I don't think you can have you know too many of those players unless you're Adelaide, of course. Um, <laughs> but in terms of his role, the question was, what's his role? I think, uh, yeah, he's in there to get the ball out. And if if memory serves, Richmond struggled with clearances last year, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you know, yeah, it's a scary thought. A guy like Hopper going to Richmond and what it could be. Um, yeah. The other point on Hopper and um, maybe just remind me, MJ, I know Taranto went on the seven years. Was Hopper a seven-year or a whopper as well?
1: Same. Yeah, same so this deal. is
0: this is a big investment from Richmond. Clearly, really? they've put their draft picks. They've tied up a huge amount. Well, an amount of their salary in these two guys um, not to muck around with the role, and and that's right. why I think they're both going to have pretty clear roles, and Hoppers will be at the foot of Big Nank, laying yep. tackles, getting the quick kick out, Get yep. that release handball, and away they go.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. What Richmond, I think, have done beautifully here is they've identified that that midfield core to retain this premiership window is a jar for as long as possible. An ageing Trent Cotchen, um, a heading to the back end of his career, Dustin Martin, and a often missing through injury Dion Prestia means, man, if, if we're a chance to maximise these generational talents for as long as we can, this is the move that gets us not just another chance at a flag now, but gives guys like Bolton and Short, um, who are still very, very good footballers, to still keep them right in that premiership contention for more than the years that Cotchen, Rewalt, Prestia um, and Co. will keep them in the mix. So he's an inside ball. He's playing as a centre-bounce midfielder. It might take him some time to find the Richmond game style, but I'm quite confident that the surge of Richmond that is often ball forward at all costs won't have a massive impact on his fantasy numbers. Where does he score? Well, stoppages. Where does he score? Well, first touch out of clearances. And so while the team want to get the ball moving on the side, um, he's not the kind of guy that Richmond would want to be surging the ball forward in, in panicked moments. That's where you want to use those pressured wings, those high half backs, those high half forwards if that game style is what they're to maintain heading into the year. So I don't see the flag of, oh, it's Richmond, Hopper won't be great. I see he's the reason that their outside guys are going to get more involved because of how good he is at getting the ball out of traffic. So I think you're right. You made that comment of, oh, this is dangerous for the competition here. Yeah, Hopper's a big yeah. gain if he's fit.
0: I think the the, the question too on, on you know, and, and this has been talked about a lot, with Tom Mitchell, who's a very, you know, much more high profile fantasy player moving to a Collingwood who was since Nathan Buckley left, um, gone from being the best, one of the best fantasy sides to one of the lowest and, and whether or not, you know, the appeal of Hopper going to Richmond, but that, you know, I could have that conversation when we're talking Toronto, mm, but of course, it doesn't matter with Hopper. He doesn't have to score 105. He doesn't have to, That's right. you know, go I'm against the be. trend of Richmond, of Richmond, recent years of where it's kind of dusty or nothing for fantasy, he just has to chip away eighties or nineties, and he'll make you the money. So, I, I think you right agree with to... what you're saying. Richmond, yeah. Richmond have to morph a little bit; they can't be yeah, doing have... the same thing. And having these two plays is only going to um, change the dynamics as well. So,
1: I think so. For me, yeah. um, there's crazy value in this guy, and um, and in two of the three formats, it's it's so freaking obvious that it's there more in super coach. It's there in DT. Um, and in AF, he might fall out of some structures. But for me, I, if, if you're looking for a guy that's going to give you significant value in terms of score per output, hopper has to be a consideration that might change also, over the pre-season with more cows coming through with different things being known, but that's what January is oh, all yeah. about. It's about opening there's the a long.
0: There's a long way to go before we, we get close to, you know, where over 50 days
1: road. of uh, until mm. pre-season. It will go quick. Oh, it'll go um, quick. But,
0: yeah. I was, I was going to make another point. No, I think that was it. It's okay. I, I think the point is, yeah. His value? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The the point I was gonna make is on the flip side to all that, sure. he it's not like he's gonna hurt you if you don't have him. If you're sure. gonna come up against someone or or you know, in terms of the rankings, it's not gonna hurt you in terms of oh, you've got hopper and I don't. It's it's how quickly your squad develops than other people who don't. And there are other options. Like there is Of course there's heaps of options in that middle area. There this are. one's just particularly appealing because change your club always gets everyone's attention. It certainly A- is. Any player with with the smallest amount of fantasy chops or relevance, when they change clubs, it's all we talk about. <laughs> it's, it's all just, we talk it's, about. You're right. It's natural. Um, but, yeah, there are other options. But I like There are.
1: And, and, and especially, you know, you mentioned one in AFL Fantasy. But I know some look at um, Hopper and go, I'm picking him everywhere. And I go, I totally get that. Others go, I'm only picking him in the limited trades formats. I get that. The only place that if someone said, I'm not picking Hopper, would be in Supercoach, that I would go, why? I don't mm. understand why. Um, yeah. th- th- there's too much just, pointing
0: They just, just might have landed on someone else. And, and you uh, and know, he's going to be that guy. When, you, when we get closer, you know, people are always saying this combination or this combination. There's going to mm. be a lot of people with a, a top, top, top mid, like a Brayshaw or an yep. Oliver, and a cow or one of the cheaper
1: premiums. Yeah, do they come through? And it'll it just depend on, on the And that's the beauty of yeah. the game, isn't it, Jorox? We have both, and people listening to this podcast, have played it for a number of seasons now that there's almost no such thing as a must-have um, mm. in, in many of these things. There's so many different ways mm. you can go about this game and being successful and generating cash and, and maximising the
0: What's the best way to do it? You You only get that answer at the end of the year kind and we're son. all reflecting doing our post
1: certainly yeah. does that's for sure all right let's talk about where he's going to go on draft day look he's got the potential no doubt to be a top 50 mid across the formats i don't see that many people and again the caveat around leagues is always around two two or three things one what's the caliber of coaches you're drafting against and their biases and knowledge number two what's the size of your league variables in terms of positions on field and league sizes. And then the other is the timing of your draft. If you do this after a preseason match and Hopper comes out with a 30-touch game and a 100-plus across the formats, okay, he's going to bump up your ranks a fair bit late February, early March Then, if you do it in two to three weeks' time type of thing. So those are always the variables. But I think he's got the upside of M5 um, and potentially even an M4 he could really push to, and maybe M3 if he really returns back to his peak. Um, but you're probably not going to have to pick him there. I, I think in some drafts, it's, he should still be there and definitely in the team selections of your draft. And um, you could be getting him in, a, in an M6 price point, maybe even later, depending on the quality of the coaches you're against. Uh, where are you happy to pick him up on draft day? Yeah, he, he's he's almost my favourite draft guy because of that um
0: ugly average next to his name so he will be yeah. a few pages in all the big mids will be gone I think you can get him late um later than what his output will be so I can see you grabbing him as you know that M5 M6 as you're saying and then halfway through the year he's actually your M2 M3 like yeah the, the one of the hardest things to find is a mid that pumps out 90s and, and he's that to be able to get someone like that Quite late, yeah. I think um, I think he's going to be a very shrewd pickup, and I think he'll go later than what his output will be.
1: Yeah.
0: absolutely. So where does that land him? Um, you know, M five probably feels about right. I, I, I think you could M three, M four. If if you're if you running heavy go, in another
1: line, yeah,
0: yeah, and the forwards is a lot. You know, it depends on your strategy, but it does. He's going to be serviceable and he's going to be reliable. I think in terms of score. Yeah, is, I, I probably which wouldn't is an want him. Underrated any thing yeah underrated in draft you know oh, sure. the bore the boring vanilla scores no ceiling but every year every week if you can bank on that 80 90 points it helps
1: yeah i, I probably wouldn't want to get him any earlier than an m4 spot again even with that but you're right there is m3 upside and you should be getting it at an m5 m6 price point so either way that there's great value built in to where you're picking him up on draft date Drawdox, as always made an absolute pleasure to have you on this episode buddy pleasure mate we'll talk soon if you want to go and read the article there's a bunch of other stuff both there for this episode that you can read online at coachespanel.tv as well as all the other players we've revealed so far up to this point on the 50 most relevant in about 50 seconds I'll give you a quick clue on who's coming in at number 37. But if you are enjoying these podcasts, uh, make sure you've subscribed and listened uh, through all of them throughout the preseason. Every single day, we're dropping brand new content for you. So wherever you're picking up your fantasy footy content, you can be able to go there and check that out. And the articles we've mentioned, well, they're all fueled by our patreons these are people that love the coaches panel support the coaches panel for just a couple of bucks a month there is a tier level that is right for you and by becoming a patron we kick some extra content some hidden groups some bonus exclusives and you get these episodes a day ahead of everyone else so I know who's at 37 the clue that i'm about to give they're going yeah, we know mj we already know who it is Speaking of Patreons, a big thank you to brand new premium tier Patreon, David Pierce. Thank you, David, for jumping on and becoming a part of the Patreon army. So here's a clue. Who's at number 37? The backline's not as easy as you think this year, is it? Like, yeah, there's, there's some big dogs at the top of the tree. But when you start to think about D3, D4, it, you don't really want to run too many cows too deep, do you? So there's a guy that not many people are talking about anymore. He's had multiple seasons in the past four years of 90 plus in Supercoach and multiple seasons over 88 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. He's not priced at those though. So you've got another value prospect we're going to talk about tomorrow on the 50 most relevant. Give it up